Hey Israel Story listeners, it's Mishi. This week we marked Yom HaZikaron, which is, to many, the most solemn and holy day in the Israeli national calendar. On that day, we recorded a conversation between some of our producers. Now, this conversation was raw, political, definitely not a story, and not, strictly speaking, on brand for us. Instead, it was just a very intimate and candid example of the kind of conversations our team has in the office. We released a lightly edited version of that conversation on our Apple subscribers feed. And this is actually a good time to remind all of you that for just $4.99 a month, you too can get access to additional Israel Story content. Anyway, we shared this conversation there because it's exactly the kind of not neatly packaged behind-the-scenes content for which we created that separate feed. But given the reactions we've received in the couple of days since we released it, we decided to share it with all of you, too. I have to say, not an easy decision for me. And definitely not a trivial one. But nevertheless, one I hope will be met with interest, generosity of spirit, and compassion. We'll be right back. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if... What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best The American Technion Society World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th wartime diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzma'ut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead.
Okay, here we go. Our Yom HaZikaron internal conversation immediately following the siren. So it's 11.11 a.m. on Tuesday, the 25th of April. And uh, it is Yom HaZikaron, or uh, Remembrance, or Memorial Day here in Israel. And 11 minutes ago, there was a siren, as there is every Yom HaZikaron, in which most people stand still and remember. And some of our producers are out in the field, and some of our producers are at ceremonies, and some of our producers are at cemeteries. But there were six of us in the office, and I was looking around as we were all standing, and I thought to myself that very different things are going through each uh, person's head, uh, I assume. And I asked our team to come down into the studio uh, right immediately after standing for the siren and record some of those thoughts. So uh, we are all here in our beautiful Nomi studios. And I'd love to ask each one of you to just very briefly uh, introduce yourself in a sentence or two and tell us what went through your head as you were standing. So why don't we start with you, Ziv? Sure. Uh I was raised in a Orthodox religious Jewish community in Perth, Australia. I was a Benair Kiva kid. And the thing that I always like feel guilty about during the siren is I need to make myself sad. And I, I was thinking one of two things. The first is there's a story in the Gemara of a religious rabbi and his wife and they have two young sons, and the sons die on Shabbat. And the wife knows this, and the father doesn't yet know this. She says uh, she's not going to like reveal the fact that they're dead to him until after Shabbat, because Shabbat's supposed to be happy. And so they don't talk about the kids for the whole of Shabbat. And then after Shabbat, she says to him, um, what would you do if somebody gave you these two magnificent gems that you gave them to you? And then after a few years, they said, okay, I need my gems back, please. He would say, I'd give them back, of course. And then she says to him, okay, well, on Shabbat, Hashem took his two beautiful gems back from us. And he realized, oh, okay, my two sons, my two young sons have died. And it's a perspective that like, I realized I have as someone orthodox that none of this is ours. And I can see my uh, six-year-old, I can see his pale skin, his short shaved blonde hair. Uh, I can see him as he is today wearing an IDF uniform. It's become very, very real to me that he will be a soldier. And during the siren, I became a lot more okay with the threat of living in this type of world because I leaned into the fact that my belief is that God is in control and we could be anywhere in the world. And if God decides it's your time, uh, then, then it's your time. And during the siren, uh, where we remember all of these sacrifices that people have given, that was the time that I actually became more confident in raising my kids in a dangerous place. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ziv. Mitch? Uh, my name is Mitch Ginsburg. I was born in New York and was raised mostly in Israel. I moved here when I was 14. 
and um, served in the army for three years and uh, later for many years during reserves. I think that my mind during the siren usually operates a lot like a uh, slideshow. Um, I try to recall the faces of um, certain people. It flickers and um, I'll see um, a first lieutenant named Joel Dillian, who was the commander of the team above the one that I served in, in the paratroopers. And I'll think of Ken Kinalti, who was a soldier in that team above mine, who uh, died in Lebanon. And Eude Frati, who was uh, also in that team and probably the best soldier in that team. I'll think of his smile and his children, because he died as a reservist. And um, I'll think of my wife's mother, um, Anita Spindel or Anita Griffel, who was killed saving my wife's life during a terrorist attack in the Sinai in 1985. And the sheer bravery of her act, something that I always think about on Yom Azikaron. And, um, and usually I think about my closest friend, Amiad, who lost his older brother, Owen Meltzer, in 1991, also in South Lebanon. Um, for me, it's a day to remember and to appreciate those who gave their lives, sometimes willingly, sometimes by accident, uh, to the state of Israel. So usually it's like that. It's like, uh, that's usually what I think about. Thanks, Mitch. Um, Yael? Uh, yes, I'm Yael. I grew up in Spain. My dad is Jewish and my mom is Christian. Both of them are atheists. And we have always talked about Israel and my dad has always been very adamant about making sure that I had a connection with the country. And a way of ensuring that was to talk about losses. He's a veteran. He was in the first Lebanon war. My family has lost many people in different wars. And what I was thinking about today uh, during the siren is how, for us, grief and remembrance has always been something private. It's not something that you really talk about in Spain. I think this is the first time that I have experienced remembrance as a public thing with such strong ritualistic undertones where things are expected of me, such as to stand up, to remembering together. And it felt very powerful, but it also led me to think about how pointless all the losses have been for so many years and how weird it is that it's something that's so removed from my experience of the country in general, but also so present at the same time. And yeah, it also made me think about how different my life would have been and my views would have been if I had grown up here instead of abroad. Hmm. Thanks so much, Yael. Okay, so I want to turn to you, Jamal. Um, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, Palestinians have a hard time relating to Yom Zikaron. It's not a trivial thing. I mean, it is a 
Remembrance Day for soldiers who fell in uh, the Israeli army and for people killed in terrorist attacks. And there are many different attitudes within the Palestinian society, both Palestinian-Israeli society and Palestinian society in Palestine, uh, as to Yom HaZikaron. And I'll just share with our listeners that not only do we work together, but Jamal and I are also neighbors. Uh, we live in the same neighborhood of Abu Tor, which is a uh, mixed or more accurately split Jewish-Arab neighborhood um, in Jerusalem. And I've had the opportunity of standing outside during uh, sirens uh, over the years. And in fact, the majority of our Palestinian neighbors in Abu Tor do not uh, stand during the uh, siren on Yom Zikaron. And interestingly, also not on Yom HaShoah, but that's a whole other topic which we could go into at some other point. I wanted to jump in here. Jamal and I were alone in the office on Yom HaShoah, and uh, Jamal, you were standing behind me, and the siren went off, and I stood up, not expecting anyone to do anything, but I noticed that like Jamal stopped what he was doing, and he stood behind me silently, and I was really... I don't know. It, it it gave me so many emotions. I don't want to say like I was grateful to you, but I was I was just feeling so vulnerable in that moment. Wow. Okay. Um, so Jamal, I just want to quickly ask you uh, to introduce yourself, um, and then also say what was going through your head uh, just now. You know, fifteen minutes ago when we were all standing upstairs in the office. My name is Jamal. I'm the newest producer at Israel Story. I studied journalism at BSA University. That's my starting point in journalism with Israel Story. It's my first station. So I would say that I'm sure each one of you lost maybe family members, friends, someone in his life as a soldier. So what was going in my head that tomorrow is your Independence Day, which is our Nakba which is when like my people left this place, they had to. And <clears throat> I stood up out of respect for you, like my coworkers, because I really like you and I think you're a good people. It's not because I really wanna stand up for like the soldiers, but Yom HaShoah is a completely different thing. It's Yom HaShoah is, is a catastrophe. No one would be happy for it something like this to happen in this world. Innocent people died. They didn't do anything. They weren't guilty. They just lost their lives. But this day, I I can say it's it's not easy. It's I really want to have also like an independence day. I, I'm jealous. I really want to have a country. The conflict is a political conflict, but I stood up just out of respect for you. Okay, thanks, Jamal. And last, I'd like Adina, if you could share a little bit. Uh, sure. I'm Adina. I uh, grew up in the United States in a South American home, very Zionist and liberal. Um, I'm the daughter of two rabbis. Uh, yesterday, when I left the office, um, it was Erev Yom Zikaron, and I wanted to get a run in. And I've been feeling quite conflicted going into Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaZmaut this year with everything that's going on uh, politically in the country. And yet, 
I was running up this hill by the Knesset and staring at this huge Israeli flag uh, hanging right above it. And the sun was coming down and I kept looking at my watch um, because I wanted to make sure that not only uh, was I home before the siren, but that I also was able to shower and get out of the shower just to stand on my porch alone. I couldn't fathom being in the shower during a siren. I've been thinking about the character of this country um, and how conflicted I feel about it, and yet it was so important to me to, to get home before the siren, to respect the siren. And during this morning siren, um, I thought about bereavement in general um, and how it sees no um, religion or ethnicity or nationality. And I think at Israel Story, what we try to do or what at least I'm trying to do all the time is ask people about how they're feeling uh, when I know that their contexts are really different. And I think oftentimes I find that emotions are kind of this human thing that stays stable, um, even though the the contexts that bring up those emotions are really different. Um, and I think that on Yom Azikaron, we often, we often negate that. We say like, no, bereavement and grief is a Jewish-Israeli thing. Um, and this year, I've really been trying to think about the fact that it isn't, that bereavement and grief exist for everybody. And then inevitably, um, like every year, my thoughts went to um, the Yom Azikaron of 2017, um, when I was in the army and my uh, Mempe, my commander, uh, took his own life on that day. Um, so today is actually his Azkara. Um, and so even with my thoughts about the point of it all and bereavement and grief, um, in both the Palestinian and Jewish communities, um, I can't not stop and think about Dotan, uh, who, whose family is, is grieving today. Thank you, Adina. So I think we'll end, um, here and um, I just want to say that I feel very lucky to be surrounded uh, by such different perspectives and I think that this moment of the siren sort of crystallizes a lot of that and brings it to the to the fore thank you all for sharing those thoughts um, thank you all for listening shalom shalom and yara bye Thank <laughs> you. 
חושבים יותר פעמיים. תגלה לנו איך אפשר לחייך, גם כשקשה עדיין. כמו שחייכת ושמחת ושימחת תמיד כל אחד, כל הזמן. אבל מה שבטוח, שטוב לך שמה. ואת כל הכבוד הראוי בעולם, מגישים לך למעלה. אחרת לא היית מוסיף לחייך אליי ביום ובלילה, כל הזמן. תמכת ואהבת ודאגת תמיד לכל אחד כל הזמן. אבל מה שבטוח שטוב לך שמה ואת כל הכבוד הראוי בעולם מגישים לך לחייך אליי ביום ובלילה כל הזמן ביום ובלילה כל infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.